You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back again to the Oz Network for another retro TV episode, flashback TV episode. I don't know what we're calling it, but it's another random one. We're still covering Smallville as we did last week, and randomly, as we teased in the last one, we're up to season three now and episode number. 14. There we go. I really got to start preparing what episode number it is before we start recording so there's not the awkward pause every time. Um, But episode number 14, the title is Obsession. And if anybody doesn't know, this was the one that introduced Alicia, who would come back later on, Mm. a girl completely obsessed. Mm. (laughs) Which is the nickname of this episode. (laughs) Completely obsessed with Clark. Um, this is just such a fun episode. I'm glad to be talking about it. But uh, let's talk about ourselves first, because that's what we're really here for, right? Um, my name is Colin, and I put those sexy pictures of myself in your locker. And my name is Ben, and I'm going to break with tradition here. And instead of singing, somebody save me, I'm just going to go with... <laughs> so we're here to talk about episode 14, Alicia. I mean, obsession. Uh, Alicia. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, this is, seriously, let's just, right off the bat, let's do this. As we said before, I'm, like, a super fan of Smallville. I will would go to sleep every single night watching this show, you know, keeping it playing on my VHS. So I woke up at all times in the night watching it, sometimes with this episode. Um, ben, you've watched all the episodes. You're familiar with the show. You remember bits and pieces. This is kind of a rewatch where you're rediscovering the show in a way. Do you remember Obsession uh, before you went into the rewatch? I'm going to be completely honest and say no, and I feel terrible because um, I should remember uh, Alicia, and I should I should be going to sleep every night with Alicia, um, <laughs> not just Smallville. Um, uh, Sarah Carter is her name. Can I just point that out? I've just discovered that. Um, she's looking very attractive in this picture I'm looking at. And, and, and interestingly enough, Colin told me this. We're going off topic already, but welcome to the Oz Network. Uh, Sarah Carter is, went in to be Falling Skies with Noel Wiley, formerly of ER, who played John Carter. Sarah Carter. I'm just putting weird connections together. Whatever. Uh, no, I don't remember this episode. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm glad you picked this one, though, because it's a nice episode, Colin. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I think one of the reasons, uh, at least for me, that this is kind of the Sarah Carter appreciation episode is because, well, many reasons. Let's let's <laughs> run them down here. Um, mm, for one. <laughs> Two she's i think the first the second character there was the the shape-shifting girl that they had in the first season but the the second character that they i guess had such a good reaction to they brought her back in the next season you know for two episodes the next time and had a massive story arc in the next one but three she's from my hometown here in winnipeg or at least it says born in toronto but raised in winnipeg the high school she went to is probably about a 20 minute walk from where my house is right now uh so she's like a hometown girl that most people have never heard of here in Winnipeg. But when I was first getting to Smallville, and you know, every single episode I'd watch, I'd click on IMDb, see what the rating is, read the reviews, and see. I'm like, ah, Alicia's from Winnipeg. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Much more famous people have come from Winnipeg, but this is kind of because of my Smallville obsession. Uh, this is the one of the ones that I claim as being the most exciting. And let's be honest, if you go to the same town as Sarah Carter, that's something that you are honestly proud of. And how... You don't go on about this, but how? When I went to Winnipeg, why was this not a thing? Like, um, you could have been like, "That's her high school." Ben, we're going to be doing this episode. You need to know more. I'm, 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 I need to come back to Winnipeg now just because I know this stuff. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't remember this episode, so showing you the school <laughs> wouldn't matter. Hey Ben, remember that episode of Smallville you don't remember that we'll be covering randomly yeah. in a few months? Well, Alicia. Uh... <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I mean it's funny because like. I, I pretty much only know her from this. And when you go through her IMDb credits, there's one or two things that I think I've seen. Um, a few TV shows where I know I've watched, but I don't remember her from. One Christmas movie that I watched this this past year, I'm like, oh, I remember that. I don't even think I finished watching the movie. It was so bad. But she's been on a couple of TV shows. Like you said, Falling Skies Rogue is another kind of spy show that's been out for a couple of years now. She's had a major role on that. So, I mean, she's still active in the business and we definitely want her here on uh, the Oz network. So we'll put it out now 
Uh, we will not rest until we get Sarah Carter on for an episode of the Oz Network. It's not just one. She's our new co-host. Um, <laughs> you're fired. Um, this, I'm just looking at her roles here. There's only room for one Winnipeg on this show, and I know I've not made the cut for Ben's criteria. Only one attractive Winnipegian. Is that how we say it? Um, I'm just go- I need to go back and watch her 2001 appearance in Wishmaster 3, Beyond the Gates of Hell. Sounds pretty interesting. But I'm just, I'm just reading here about her, about my future wife, Colin, and she um, used to be in the Royal Winnipeg Ballet, also was on the debate team, and was once named one of the top three public speakers in the world. So she's going to be great as a co-host. <laughs> so, you know, we, we criticize Chloe being able to run a whole newspaper, but, like, Sarah Carter can be one of the top public speakers in the world well, she was on a high school debate team. Is that what that was? Like, Look, there's a, a reference here that writing. you think I would have clicked to back that up, but I don't give a shit. I mean, they could say here that she was the queen of the world and I would believe it because it's, I mean, look at her. I don't care. She could walk into this room right now and be like, Ben, I gave birth to Jesus again and I would believe I don't again. <laughs> She's so good. She did it twice. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, um, but again, who cares? <laughs> we're just introing the Sarah Carter interview episode right now. We have nothing to talk about obsession, but um, <laughs> we're obsessed. Uh, this is no. the end of the episode. We're obsessed with Sarah Carter. It works in well. Yeah. Um, honestly, let's just put it out there. You know, you criticize Tom Welling's acting. Some of the acting on this show is not always the best. She really is fantastic as this character. I mean, it's a fun character. Immediately, you kind of get like she's kind of quirky, she's weird, she's reclusive, she's snotty, she's crazy, she's flirty. I mean, she's she's the whole package, right? <laughs> Damn straight, she is. Um, <laughs> that's an understatement. She's also a singer, Colin. Uh, she released a debut album yeah, in 2009 called Before Three, uh, and she's part yeah. of the great epic duo, the greatest duo perhaps ever to come from Winnipeg, called Sanguine Drake. Um, <laughs> Is that a Canadian thing? Let's put Drake in our name because that will sell records. <laughs> I, I just think Drake is involved in every act here in Canada. Yeah. Now. <laughs> it's better than having the uh, the Justin kid involved with things. Oh, oh. <laughs> you had to kill it. Okay, Justin um, Justin Dion so- or Celine Bieber. Uh. <laughs> Um, so this episode basically starts off right away. Let's let's just get the shock out of the way now. If you're watching these episodes only as we're covering them, Lionel can see. Yay! It's a, it's a miracle. It was Sarah. It was Sarah Carter did it. She made him see. There you go. She can do anything. Uh, yeah, so the Lionel thing is obviously over, but they're here <laughs> at uh, Luther Corp, I guess, for a field trip, and uh, we'll... As we do these episodes, we'll put things into context that need to be put in context. But as we said last week, these are random episodes because Smallville is not one of those shows where you have to follow week after week to get everything. One thing you do have to get is that season three had a major feud between Chloe and Lionel, which we don't really get that much of in this episode except for a few like annoyed looks at each other. But I just for one, just find it funny, because I don't know when we're going to get a chance to talk another season three episode, that Lionel's arch nemesis is a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> I was about to say the, the sexual powerful- chemistry, but maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was some weird stuff of that going on, too, with them in the season three, which was, you know, pretty different for the WB, but... But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's funny to me, like, Lionel Luther, this representation of, like, the evil billionaire... And his arch nemesis is a 16-year-old girl. And they get very deep with this feud in the episode, which eventually leads in season four to Chloe being a witness relocation program (laughs) and her death being faked. And Lionel Luther going to prison all because of Chloe. His feud is with a 16-year-old girl. It's just amazing what 16-year-olds do in the Smallville universe. Well, we just know what a crack reporter she is, Colin. I mean, you know, her work at the Smallville (laughs) Torch, clearly the exposés on on Luther Corp. I mean, gosh, she... You know, future Pulitzer Prize winner. I mean, it's so much focus later on in Lois Lane and the Daily Planet. You know, we, we need to go back to the days of the Smallville Torch and, you know, Chloe. Like, come on. Um, I mean, within the first sequence, Alicia does a better reporting job in finding anything out about Clark than Chloe does in three or four seasons. Uh, <laughs> just to start off with, let's, let's talk great alicia moments here she's the only girl in the class that's like genuinely interested in line luther's presentation about business and you know corporate strategies and all this stuff 
Um, Clark gets separated from the class. Uh, Alicia gets separated from the class. I, I, I remember, and again, I've seen this episode so many times. It's one of those ones that I'll go back to every single year. I remember why Clark, because he was, you know, uh, goofing off or whatever with Chloe, why he was separated. Why was Alicia the only other one left out of the elevator here? I, my biggest question is why the hell was a teacher such a bitch that she's like, I'm just going to leave two students behind to catch the next elevator. I mean, what if these I'm two had actually died in that elevator? Like, she's going to jail. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be front page of the torch, too. Because it exactly, actually Chloe was witness. It's front page. Just interview herself. You know, we've already established <laughs> that there's no such thing as, you know, being too close to somebody involved in a story. Well, I, I just... Again, I can't help but go over how many different areas Alicia is a well-rounded character here. Um, Definitely. Lots of areas she's (laughs) well-rounded. We've seen her, you know, taking this this great interest in Lionel and all this business talk. And then Clark tells, and this is the episode I referenced it last week, where I love the charming, dorky Tom Welling. And this is where Tom Welling, I think, was hired for because he plays such a good, like, dorky farm boy. And he has his bad jokes when they're standing by the elevator. Elevators. Too much demand, not enough supply. It's just this terrible joke, and she just sort of looks at him and is like, get away from me. And let's, again, let's <laughs> like, be I'll leave honest. you alone forever now, Alicia. How Thank attractive you, these people are in Smallville when the geek, the dork, looks like Tom Welling. I mean, come on now, Colin. The, I mean, you know, this isn't fair. The geek and the dork looks like Sarah Carter. They are the two geeks of high school, and they're... <laughs> <laughs> they're the, they're the quote ugly ones of Smallville. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Smallville, and your attractiveness. Um, why? Just a question though. Like, I think we went over a bit last week in terms of you know Lionel Luther and security of you know the mansions and that sort of stuff. Again, he's like the CEO of this massive company, right? Why yeah. is he giving a tour to like what? 10th graders or something like that like if i go to if i go to microsoft in a 10th grade field trip does bill gates come and give me a presentation i don't think so you go to the white house and donald trump is leading well, away. you know that's probably realistic now <laughs> you're fake Over students, here we have something you're really fake fantastic. kids you're not real it's incredible it's a wall that we put around the white house <laughs> These are these are the best kids. I've, I produce these kids. There's uh, no kids better than these kids. They're the best. Yeah, it is funny that the most famous billionaire, you know, in uh, Kansas at least, but all of the United States perhaps, yes. is giving the tour to the high schoolers. <laughs> yes. But in, in the context of what we're missing in the season, he probably did this just to rub it in Chloe's face, you know. And this was this was just his first stab at his teenage girl obsession. Yes, well, uh, I mean, going on obsession and going on how amazing Alicia is, um, I mean, this is, again, can I just point out, it's not just, you know, Sarah Cut, it's the character of Alicia that she seems to get obsessed with any man that talks to her because yeah. when you look at the way she looks at Lionel, this is why yes. I know I would have a chance with Alicia because I would just have to talk to her and then I would have sexy pictures of her in my locker, which I then wouldn't complain about. Tom Welling, you're an idiot, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Except it would play out differently where she opens the lockers. How did these get here, Ben? <laughs> Why are you only in a thong? <laughs> Listen, Ben, I was scrolling through your Pinterest and I found a secret board. <laughs> Hashtag album for Alicia. <laughs> um, I'm the first guy that's been more obsessed with her than she has been with the guy. <laughs> And when someone like Alicia turns around and says, whoa, you're moving too fast, you know that I've got a problem. Um, Hashtag reasons why Ben is single. I like the episode is they basically get stuck in the elevator. People have watched this episode now. You're not listening to it if you haven't, but they get stuck in the elevator, and the elevator is about to plummet. First of all, as it starts beeping and grinding, Clark's like, let me press the button again. (laughs) But... It plummets to the basement almost, and Clark, you know, quick thinking, he's gotten out of these situations a million times. How's he going to get out of this one? Let me fry the security cameras with his heat vision, (laughs) yeah, and then punch through the wall and break it with his hand, of course, revealing his powers to Alicia. Now, he's found so many clever ways to get out of this. 
Why couldn't he have just used his super speed and his super fist and just knocked her out really quick <laughs> and then stopped it and be like, Alicia, you fainted. I don't know what happened. Like, we should have had a super speed punch in the face here. And then Alicia's episode never happens. And Clark doesn't have a stalker for two seasons. I love that. Just punches her in the face. Oh, you fainted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's so. I mean, my thing too, I guess. In this is like, she's revealed to have powers. Why isn't she doing anything either? Like, she could grab Clark and just get out of there. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, how long was she willing to wait? <laughs> at the end of the day, what? Who leaves more evidence behind? The guy who happens to be able to punch a wall in an elevator, destroy a camera, and like, oh no, nothing happened. It was just you know whatever. Um, yeah. my thing that I think would have been hilarious, like, I love when you, back then when he's lying, when he's like, you know, elevators, too much demand, not enough supply, like the cheesy one-liner, he should have been, like, grabbing hold of it when he stops and just looks at her and be like, I don't know, glad I had my Wheaties this morning, or something like that, <laughs> like, cheesy If this was written as a James Bond movie, right? <laughs> it's just, I mean, look, I, I don't want to be too nitpicky again. This is Smallville. It's not Shakespeare, as you said in the last episode. Yeah. But I just can't imagine. Again, maybe it just all goes down to the fact that, once again, the Smallville police force suck so they can leave behind evidence. If they're investigating this, you know, mysterious elevator fall, are they not going to look at the elevator and be like, hang on a minute, there were people in that before, but not anymore. Okay, that's we'll pass that over. Why is the camera burnt? Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll not look at that. Why is there a hole in the wall and the cables have been, like, scraped, like they've been stopped? And wait a second. Why are there fingerprints yes. on the outside wall of the elevator? Again, Alicia could have just grabbed him. They could have teleported out. The elevator would have crashed. There's no evidence. And they could have just been like, oh, no, we didn't actually get in the elevator. You're seeing things or something like that. You know, and then simple. Yeah. Teacher's exonerated. Yeah. She's not a shit teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and they're way too calm. Um, they are way too calm when they're on that floor. And they're just like, Clark, are you all right? They've just nearly died in an elevator. How did they even know that they were like... Okay, calm down, Ben. Alicia's hot. Um. <laughs> uh, we jump into Somebody Save Me. Uh, do, do we want to talk about these credits? You want to talk about the credits save. from last episode? Um, I, don't I don't know. know. Which They're great. We'll go to next. They change soon. So, <laughs> Remy Zero are an underrated band that had one song. <laughs> uh, All those wait, people who went out and bought there... Remy Zero t-shirts back in 2001 are probably regretting that, but... Uh, hello to all our Remy Zero fans. I, I, I guarantee you, Colin, if when the history of the Oz Network, if we were to get a band that sings a theme of a movie or a TV show, Remy Zero would be a high chance of us landing them on this show. <laughs> yeah. Or Five for Fighting, or... <laughs> Third Eye Blind. Any of the other... Finger Eleven, as we uh, <laughs> hear yeah. in this episode later yep. on. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean... The opening credits were kind of... It was the same opening credits, I think, for the first few seasons. So uh, I think they got more fun as we go along, but not much to say on this one. Uh, Jumping into the episode, one of the things I like here is that for probably a long scene... It's like a four or five minute long scene of Clark and Alicia just walking. We see snow in the background. I mean, they film this in Vancouver, which you know does get snow, not a lot of snow. Um, but I don't know how much snow, like, I don't know what's the real forecast in Kansas, but it always bothered me because when I would see one or two episodes a year of Smallville where there'd be snow, I'm like, well, it's a Christmas episode. Where's the snow? And this is just one of the three days of the year where there's snow in Smallville. Yeah, I, I could, I can never been to Kansas. Don't know. Um, I mean, I'm in Australia. Snow is not a thing that happens here much. So yeah, I, I really, I didn't even notice that. Uh, you're Canadian, you notice snow. Um, so yeah. <laughs> shouldn't be the other way around. Shouldn't I be noticing the snow? And you're just like, oh, what's that? Oh, that's that stuff that's yeah. here all the time because I'm Canadian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's Christmas lights later on too. So um, I must think have been just is, too busy uh, looking at Alicia. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there was snow. You're the weather guy here. You should be like, there's <laughs> snow on the ground. There were other Can we do an episode, this episode? snow and fog? fog well, there was no snow. fog. Come on. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I do like all of these scenes with Clark. This isn't the one where he starts getting really dorky. But, you know, there's a little bit of that kind of, like, by the end of his flirting. But this is just them revealing, oh, yeah, I have my powers forever. And I like that Clark, you know, good old farm boy can't really lie but has to lie. You know, where she's like, oh, you know, my powers, it's the meteor shower. She asked Clark, how about you? He could have just said, 
yeah, same here. Instead, he has to phrase it in a way where he's not really lying. He's like, yeah. well, everything here is kind of connected to that meteor shower, I guess, you know? Like, <laughs> he just, he's so nice and polite. Couldn't have gotten away with that with Chloe being the crack reporter she is. Like, I mean, you know, that's that's the type of thing you're trained as a journalist when you've asked a direct question and they've basically flat out avoided it. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, I think there's more to that, but Alicia's just so hot, we don't care. Good on you. <laughs> and I mean, but it's just, I love, this is the one thing about Smallville. Like, I think we talked about that, didn't we, last week in terms of, like, villain of the week, monster of the week, you know. Smallville is just the easy one that you can always just, oh, it's because of the meteor shower. Simple. Like, you know, there's, there's no, oh, we were created in a lab, or, you know, oh, blah, 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 blah. It's just, how's oh, the meteor shower, you know. I mean, I can imagine <laughs> that you could get away with a lot in Smallville, like, if you lived there, like, you know, oh, the meteor shower is why I didn't do my homework, you know, like, yeah. you just come up oh, with Oh, that's ex- why I shot uh, Lionel Luther last week. <laughs> yes. That's why I drank 17 bottles of tequila and ended up with a gun in my hand, uh, Sheriff. Um, let's jump into the other subplot, which, again, needs to be put into context. Adam the Stalker. Uh, this was a character that they introduced in the third season, played by... Uh, Ian Summerhalder, of course, went on to be on Lost for several yep. seasons. Probably my favorite character on the first few seasons of Lost. And he's in, uh, another uh, really great Vampire creature. Diaries now. He's in now, or is, is that the next yeah? Which I now? haven't seen. Yeah, yeah he well, was on that. I haven't either, seen. But... <laughs> we're we're probably, men, Colin. Reality, we don't watch Vampire you guys Diaries. Never miss it. We record our own secret podcast that we only share with select few, and we're like, no, I don't know nothing about Vampire Diaries. Not at all. No, no. Uh, Twilight. Hate that movie. They're shit. Uh, Colin, when are we recording the next episode of the Vampire Fanboys? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's a cool appearance that I remember at the time this came out. I, I don't think he really had been in much. And when Lost came out, I recognized that that's Adam, the really bad character from season three they had on Smallville. Um, to explain who he is, he came in in this season as Lana had suffered an accident earlier in the season. And she was like going through physical uh, rehab and he was there too and you know they kind of bonded i don't know if it was meant to be set up as like a love triangle thing and it never took off but it evolves into you know as you find out in this episode adam is has been planted there by lionel luther to spy on lana so he could basically get info on clark and it was it was such a bizarre storyline i think started out interesting and i mean ian summerholder was great at playing just this kind of unnerving creepy character in lost you know this nice guy that just there's something off about him and i just don't think it ever works here in smallville and all these scenes just come across as so bizarre um there is a good payoff with him later in the season but the character just did not work at all for me i i mean again going back to the fact that i didn't remember this episode I, I could not remember as soon as he walked in the room i'm like fuck it's boone um but i i mean <laughs> i couldn't yeah i couldn't remember him at all being in this and um I, I liked him in lot. I mean, you know, I think Boone, he's, he was just most, the most underused character ever in Lost. He just, he just, there's yeah. so much potential with him, and they just, they just forgot about him and 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 his sister, and it just that pissed me off when I recently rewatched Lost. It's such a great show, and they just, they were wasted uh, in that show. But um, anyway, this isn't Lost. That's coming soon to the Oz Network. Uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't get it. I just, I was, I was, it was kind of like last week when I was like, oh, Mr. Small, what, huh? What's going on? And, um, but the payoff at the end, like, I wasn't, you know, kind of when it was closing down, I kind of was just like, oh, okay, cool, this episode, you know, standard episode, Alicia, hello. And then that bit, I just, I didn't remember it. Again, huge Smallville fan, clearly. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah well, I, I, I liked how it ended. I thought that was a, that was a good payoff. Like, ultimately, if I'm ranking the Smallville seasons, this one's, this season is pretty low for me because I think they had, these storylines like the Adam storyline that was just a little bit too dark. They got almost too dark again with the Chloe and Lionel feud later in the season. It's just as the season progressed, it just got less and less fun. Um, but the, the real payoff we get with Adam's character later in the season is the one episode that rivals this for like season three's best and is the other one that I'll always go back to. And hopefully we can cover that one one day, but I guess he got a good send off, but the character just did not work here. Um, and again, why, I, I talked about in the last episode, Lana, the 60-year-old. I, I love this about Smallville, that just kids of inappropriate age can run newspapers and their own businesses. And Lana is a landlord. Like <laughs> She rents out an apartment to a person, and she's 16 years old. How is this even legal? 
I don't. I mean, it's Kansas, Colin. Everyone gets away with anything. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Again, the world of Smallville, where billionaires give school kids uh, field trips and elevators can fall with no questions being asked, and sixteen-year-olds can own property. Um, again, but you know what it all comes down to? Blame the meteor shower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what made Lon into an entrepreneurial genius with yes. properties and businesses. <laughs> um, Lon is kind of absent in season three, too, and I think that's why they gave her the Adam storyline because they didn't want to just run Clark and Lana another season. Um, that would kind of come back in future seasons again. They did it much better. But the, the one thing I will say is when they do have her playing off Clark in the next scene, I, we get the scene with... Clark and Alicia, and this is where the flirting actually starts, and this is where we get dorky Tom Welling, which is my favorite Tom Welling in the world. Of all the Tom Wellings out there, dorky Tom Welling is the best. Uh, and Alicia's kind of subtly flirting with him and everything, and, you know, they decide they're going to go out. And then Lana runs into right afterwards, and he has that, that great Tom Welling smile on his face <laughs> that's just kind of, like like, really embarrassing. And... Lana's just like, wow, you look like, did you just win the lottery? And he's just like, huh? What? What? <laughs> he's so like, Where'd you come from? <laughs> I love that, Tom Welling. Now, now, refresh my memory. Had Lana and Clark dated at this point? This is a They had. They yeah. had. Okay. Um, in, in season two, and I can't remember, I think they were broken up. If it wasn't the end of season two, beginning of season three. It's, you know. It, it's again we talked a bit about that last episode didn't we about you know it gets a bit tiring after a while I mean I just forget were they together were they not together I mean god get a room whatever they did but they worked out but um, it's just yeah look Tom Welling is just cute uh, we've been over that. Um, I feel as though, like, uh, I mean, you know, obviously with the, the Logan episode you did with Jamie, where a lot of that came down to your wife oogling over topless men. Um, <laughs> I, I feel as though we're, we're needing to get our own back here for our species and get get it over to the women again, but um, we don't have topless yeah. women in this one, sadly. But um, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, Tom Welling is cute. He's topless in this episode, at least. So, hey, um, yeah. you know, we're we're... We're being diverse and saying that... I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Just keep talking. I'm just distracted by cute Tom okay. Welling. <laughs> okay. So, um... <laughs> what? <laughs> this is getting very off Sorry. Then. Sorry, I'm just lost. You've got sexy pictures of Tom Welling in your locker too, don't you? <laughs> it's my wallpaper on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even funny. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Um, so Clark and Alicia are, you know, staring at the sky in his loft or whatever. And then he walks her home. And again, like, I actually really like these scenes. Like, I usually don't like this. I'll just call it like the, the lovey dovey crap. (laughs) (laughs) Just five minutes of, you know, gazing into each other's eyes and stuff like that. And, you know, talking about feelings. Just fly and, and. You know, shoot your laser beams into somebody's <laughs> face. <laughs> That's all I wanted, you clerk. Stop being romantic, no. Tom. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the lovey-dovey crap works so well here, uh, and especially again because we get more dorky Tom Welling. You know, is is he walks her up to the house, and then as she closes the door and leaves. Clark's he just trips falling down the steps. It's just it's such a brilliant moment. I just I, I want to just create a montage of all the dorky Tom Welling moments. How can I ask you a personal question? How the hell did you end up getting married? Because like I mean, <laughs> if, if you hate lovey dovey stuff and all this kind of, do you just like meet Jamie wherever, however you meet, and are just like I'm gonna fly and do shit. I'm not gonna give you any romance. <laughs> I'm too busy watching Smallville in the shower. <laughs> Trust me, you're not the first person even this week that has asked the question. It's like, so how did you get married? <laughs> I hate lovey-dovey crap, romance, shit. <laughs> oh, she's going to listen to this episode and laugh. I saw uh, you, you must uh, wake up every morning when you've got to feed Casper or like Chinese, whatever. And be like, honey, how did we, what happened to you? Like, how did this become a thing? Like, how did we create You're this? You're not the first person this week to even see that. Did she drug you one night and, like, a week later? I guess what? I'm pregnant. Uh. I have my own real-life Alicia Baker living in this room. Um, um, but just on this, yeah, the, I mean, look, 
I'm not. I'm not saying I'm a huge fan of. I mean, look, romance is romance. It's, I mean, it's. I think they're nice scenes. Like it's kind of as you were saying, and I think this episode is kind of strange in a way because, you know, it's got to set her up as being this obsessed. You know, it's called obsession, of course. But I mean, it, it just. It's kind of. It's. It's good how the, they do it. But I mean, it's just like it's very sweet. It's very romantic. You know, these two teenagers from Kansas. Oh, they're gonna you know be so proud growing up together and getting married. Um, and again, it's like geeky, cute Tom Welling, the the farm boy that you want to bring home to your parents, because again, he's in this loft by himself with a girl that looks like Alicia, and all he's willing to do with her is look through a telescope. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, you're 16 years old, 17, however old he is at this point. Like, teenagers aren't doing that. They're doing each other. And um, But at the same time, he's not quite sure of his powers. Like, is he going to be <laughs> thinking to himself, listen, I know that she's in my bed. We're going to get in a second. I know that she, she, let's just skip forward now. She breaks into his bedroom or teleports into his bedroom in her underwear, mm-hmm. um, jumps on top of him, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Jonathan eventually comes in and is like, hey, did you fall out of bed? <laughs> what else would Clark... That's how you know he's such a good boy. Because if it's a bang from your 16-year-old's room, you don't want to just tell did you fall out of bed? <laughs> and this is, this is the but, thing, that this world we live in, where someone who looks like Tom Welling is also perceived as that kid who actually could not get a girl in the first place. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, if you've got a son who looks like Tom Welling, you probably are concerned that every night he's going to have an Alicia in his room doing the D. But, but like, uh. let's look at this objectively. If you are Clark Kent, you're not quite sure of your powers. I mean, every time he discovers a new power, they're out of control. He's thinking to himself, Alicia's on top of me right now. If I let this go too far, am I going to burn her face off with my laser vision? And let's be honest, the Man of Steel. Um, I mean, how, how hard yeah. does it get? I mean, it's like... There's lots of context into that. <laughs> I mean, Colin, how did you get Jamie? You're shocked at my words with that. You're disgusted. You're absolutely filthy at what I just said. I just one, one thing I want to back up really quickly, um, and this is kind of a weird thing to bring up. The song that they play. I mean, we talked about the music last week. Oh, we have to you, talk about the finger. Ele- you mentioned finger eleven song. Yeah. Um, one thing again. This is you mentioned in the episode last week about how you're out and about you hear a song. Oh, that's the scene in Smallville where Tom Welling's sad. You know, uh, my favorite show of all time, Third Watch. And again, can I just put this call out there? If anybody's listening to this and is a Third Watch fan, I will podcast with you because I cannot find anyone to do podcasts with you about Third Watch, right? That's how little people care about that show. This song is used in season six, and I instantly hear this song, and I'm like, oh, Third Watch! And that would have come after this episode. So that was just my weird thing I had to bring up about that song, Third Watch Connection. I don't care for the last time. (laughs) Hashtag do a third, Third Watch podcast with me. Um, the Finger Eleven song here. Okay, two two stories I want to tell. People who aren't from Canada aren't quite going to realize this, but Finger Eleven was the second name this band had. They came out in the mid-90s uh, and actually were quite successful under their original name, which was the Rainbow Butt Monkeys. Uh, so Finger Eleven, they, they had quite a bit of success as the Rainbow Butt Monkeys, and then a few years later, they rebranded themselves to so like, well, we're having trouble breaking through in the American market called the Rainbow Butt Monkeys, so now we're going to call ourselves Finger Eleven. Oh, that, um, is, that, is, that is the best band name I've ever heard. <laughs> Rainbow, and, and the Rainbow Butt Monkeys, like, if you listen to it, they, they, they were pretty good. I mean, the sound was, uh, I think, a little bit more original when they were the Rainbow Butt Monkeys. But this song, one thing, this is another thing I'll claim fame for from, for Winnipeg. Uh, this song was never intended to be released as a single by Finger Eleven. And I remember there was a radio station here in Winnipeg that had Finger Eleven on. They were here for a concert, and they had them on in the studio, and they used to just get bands in, as your radio station used to do. And, of course, you're not going to have all the instruments there, so you do, like, an acoustic set. Finger Eleven just did, what acoustic song of ours could we do in the studio? So they played one thing. And this song that was never intended to be released as a single became the most requested song for, like, three straight months on this radio station, which was, like, the biggest rock station in Winnipeg. And because of the success that that live in-studio version of One Thing had here in Winnipeg, they're like, let's release this single, and it didn't. It became the biggest hit they ever had. Well, I'm just looking here, Colin. Uh, One Thing went to number one in Canada. Uh, So... Mm -hmm. 
There you go. It went to number 16 in the US, and in Australia, it went to nothing because it wasn't released here. So uh, there you go. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's actually a good song. It's actually, you know, I mean, they're, they're known for yeah. what, Paralyzer, if anybody. They're one of those bands, I feel, in Australia that it's like, Finger Eleven, I know that. I've got my finger on it. I, I just, what song did they do? And Paralyzer, there it is, people. If you're listening, thinking 2007's hit, Paralyzer, which had terrible lyrics. I'm trying to remember. I remember when I worked at the CD, DVD shop here called Sanity, we used to really rip shit into it because it had, like, the lyrics were that bad. I can't even remember it, but there was one string of lyrics where it was, like, the most obviously poorly written song. But um, anyway, that's Finger Eleven. This is Finger Eleven. Finger Eleven. That's a New Zealand version. Uh, Finger Eleven Oz coming soon to the Oz Network. Um, I, I will back you up on that. Just in the saying, like the Rainbow Butt Monkeys, they they had some original stuff. They they got a little bit more mainstream with Finger Eleven, but they had some of the most bizarre song titles that you would ever hear. I mean, the very first album the Rainbow Butt Monkeys released was called Letters from Chutney. Um, so they've struggled with words as long as the first two songs on the rainbow butt monkeys album letters from chutney are as far as I can spit and no joke. Dunna na 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 na. Those were the song titles. So. <laughs> well, I've found the lyrics. This, that makes completely absolute sense now because these are the lyrics here from Paralyzed. Well, I'm not paralyzed, but I seem to be struck by you. I want to make you move because you're standing still. Uh, <laughs> yes, if somebody's standing still, I too probably wanted to move them to make sure that they're actually not paralyzed because then you're going to call a doctor. <laughs> I'll top that one. Uh, the biggest <laughs> hit they had as the Rainbow Butt Monkeys was a song called Circles, and the chorus goes these are all the lyrics walking around in your circles, circles, walking around in your circles, yeah. <laughs> You know, the funniest thing is, this is the most Finger Eleven has been talked about on any form of podcast or radio in about the last six years. So, um... Yeah. <laughs> um, let's get back to Alicia here. Yes, Alicia. <laughs> this is an obsession with Finger Eleven. So, do we want to talk any more about the bedroom scene, or should we save that for its own episode? <laughs> Look, uh, what really makes me mad in this episode with cute Tom Welling is that, like, when... I mean, it is a kind of a cute little awkward teenage moment when they lean in to kiss. Like, you know, it's... We've all been there. I mean, maybe Colin hasn't, but, I mean, most people who've <laughs> been a teenager have been in that awkward situation where you're like, oh, what do I do here? What do I do? I'm still, I mean, that's why I'm single. That's what happens to me, you know, when I try to kiss women, except they run away, generally. But, like... <laughs> I do, I mean, I, yeah, I guess the bedroom thing we could talk about, like, I, that is the coolest girlfriend in the world to have, who can just teleport into your room in her underwear, like, that's what dreams are made of, and it's Alicia, like, you know, this is the part where I'm angry and frustrated, probably like Clark and Tom Willing at that point, except, you know, it's a good point, he doesn't know what his pals can do. You've got her in your room, in her underwear, and you're like, oh, oh I don't know if we're going to be doing this. Like, seriously, I could have, like, done things in that space of time, like, four times over by then, Tom Welling. Like, you know, your dad's going to walk in, and there would be no need to be acting because she's gone already. You're done. And, you know, it's funny because, like, Jonathan and Martha do react in a way. They're like, well, I think we should be concerned. But they're not reacting the way regular parents are. Yes. They replay this scene in season five where they find him and Lana in bed together. Um, and it, it, both times, it's almost just very polite. They're like, listen, Clark, we know that you didn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, if Pete was our son yes. or Lex, we'd be concerned, but you're Clark. But at the same time, like, do you understand the ground rules of this house? I mean, we know you didn't do anything, but like, they're just very <laughs> concerned about, does he understand the rules here? <laughs> and, and again, cute Clark Kent, cute Tom Welling, the guy you want to bring home every weekend to your parents, Again, if I am a teenage boy getting it on with Alicia and my dad walks into my room, I'm not going to be in the kitchen five minutes later going, yeah, dad, she just transferred. I'm going to be like, what the hell, dude? Like, come on. Like, did you not see her? Like, I hate you. Storm out and run away. Like, What's even better about this is that the reaction is like, now, Clark, we know you didn't do anything <laughs> wrong, but he's like, uh, so she knows about my powers. How could you do that? Yeah. <laughs> You told her about And it's funny because they start freaking out about everything. It's like, so you told her about the powers. You told her about this. Bet you told her about the meteor rocks. And Clark's like, no, no, didn't mention that one. 
Yeah, well, how does that get come points. into place? Like, because she's listening, but she... Yeah, that's actually... You, I'm jumping ahead there, but I, I question that, because does he mention the Meteorox? Does he? Well, he, he doesn't mention it to her, but he mentions it when she's listening there. That's but what yeah, I mean. Like, that, I know she was listening, but I, I again, that must have been one of the bits that I just was looking at her and not realising what they were saying, because yeah. when that <laughs> scene comes up and she's got that rock, I'm thinking, wait, what the fuck? Like, how does she know that? <laughs> Well, because she's in the background of this. Okay, I'm paying attention, Ben. Good job. Maybe I'm the one there who's the frustrated teenage boy, and I'm the yeah. one who's, like, really angry still. <laughs> so, we're going to get to um, my my favorite thing about this episode and uh, my biggest pet peeve about this episode in a second, which is Clark's locker. Um, <laughs> my favorite thing, for obvious reasons. My least favorite thing, because this is maybe the biggest plot hole that, that still bothers me to this day. We find out about Alicia throughout the course of this episode that her parents kept her locked in a room. They're very protective. They don't want her even in public and all this stuff. But yet, 24 hours later, she has at her disposal these really you know, sexy, revealing, modeling pics of herself that she could just display in his locker. So at what point are her parents like, we know you've kept up, uh, kept you cooped up in this room long enough. Let's go out and do a photo shoot. Like, how does she have these pictures? I don't understand how this reclusive, nerdy girl has these modeling shots of her. They're the, the Sarah Carter um, headshots that she sends off to the casting agents. And just, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's very true. And I mean, let's be honest, if this was set, you know, 10 years later, he'd, she'd just be Snapchatting them to him or, you know, like just yeah, exactly. texting. But I mean, yeah, it's, I didn't think about it that way, actually, now that you point out. But this is my frustration with this bit again. This bloody humble Clark Kent. Like, if you've got a girl who's willing to put pictures like that in your locker, you all of a sudden start to get freaked out. Like, again, yeah. who in 2017 has a hot girl sending them pictures? And let's be honest, if this was on HBO, they would be nude pics. They wouldn't just be, you know, sexy modelling pics. Yeah. It's the implication. I mean, if I'm getting a text message from some random hot girl who I've been on one date with and they're naked, I'm not going to be like, oh, things are moving too fast here. I didn't want to see your boobs for another three weeks. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're a teenage boy. Boy, Tom Welling, like, and go for it. <laughs> 12 hours earlier, he's like, I think I finally found somebody, you know? Exactly. And he's instantly scared off just by picture. She didn't do anything else. Is she, well, I guess you add the- to that. We, sh- we should add to that, that as soon as he walks into school, rumors are already going around. Yes. Your parents caught you in bed with Alicia last night, so maybe he's just uncomfortable with the rumors swirling around. But he, like, five seconds, he's, he's kind of happy about that. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm the man. I'm, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, not pictures. And it's like, I mean, like, yeah. if he opened the locker up and there's, like, a, you know, a lock of her pubic hair and, like, a bit of her poo <laughs> or something like that, and, like, oh, this is a piece of chicken last night I couldn't swallow properly, so I've put it in a plastic bag for you to... That's freaky. That's kind of crazy. You freak out over that. Not my super hot girlfriend who there's rumours about that I totally boned her last night has posted these pictures in my locker. Oh, no, I'm freaked out. Mum, Dad, what do I do? Like, seriously, Clark Kent. Can I just uh, bring this back to Pete for a second? (laughs) It's always Pete's fault. Um, I mentioned before that there's just something about Pete. I just don't like how he's always almost trying so hard to be cool. And there's just two lines he has here, which are like the most painful lines in the episode. This isn't like Tom Welling's line of the episode. This is like bad Pete lines. We go, that girl is on fire. And then he goes, later, stud. It's just so <laughs> awkward. Stop it, Pete. You're, you're wrecking this for all of us. Oh, and this is the thing. We've got this far in. I don't think we've ripped shit into Tom Welling's acting yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so charming here. He's so dorky. It's Yeah. I mean, look, again, we can tell on this episode who's the married one and who's the single one. You know, Colin's just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, this is fine. And I'm like the single frustrated one. Like, oh, go for it, Tom Welling. What are you doing? <laughs> At least put the pictures in a scrapbook. Come on. <laughs> Save them for later. You could be lonely tonight. Um, I also love that if you look on IMDb, one of the goofs here is that uh, Alicia could not have teleported into his locker to put those pictures there because it's too small. (laughs) Yeah, because nobody's ever opened a locker and put pictures in and closed it. 
and and again, like she's I mean, there's a few in there. It's not like there's only one or two. Like it take a bit of time to stick them up. And like nobody's like walking past thinking, why is there a girl putting scantily clad pictures of herself in a locker? Like is this going back to that shit teacher from the beginning? Like oh, there's that obsessed Alicia posting nude pictures in a locker again. Oh, you scallywag. <laughs> Page story on Chloe's torch for the next day. <laughs> Sex scandal um, in Smallville. We're we're gonna kind of like breeze through all the plot stuff where we get into crazy Alicia here. Is it's kind of just being alluded to? Well, she has a bit of accept- obsession here. Clark meets the parents, and there's some great awkward moments with the parents. He was like, hi, look, it's Clark, honey. And he's like, I, how do I know you people? And they're like, uh, I think that maybe Alicia has the wrong idea about it. No, I don't think so. She says you're her boyfriend, and you completely want to be with her, and you don't intend to run away, and nobody's going to get killed, Clark. Wink, wink. And then, like, just as you said, any guy who just shows up to their house, oh, you must be Clark! Like, that could have been, like, the mailman! (laughs) Do they just never get visitors? The only teenage boy that could possibly show up to their house is this new girl that our daughter, who we know is a bit dangerous, is probably with... A 56-year-old man with a briefcase and a vacuum cleaner doing door-to-door sales. She's like, you must be Clark, come in. Alicia's got something for you upstairs. I think we can see where her daughter gets it from. Like, you know, it's just like, you must be Clark. 56-year-old man being shoved up the stairs. Don't say no, Clark. Don't say no. <laughs> Meanwhile, the dad's in the corner going, oh, God, I've got women that are surrounding me that are crazy. Um... <laughs> so moving the plot along basically what happens with alicia is that she uh starts getting jealous of lana she thinks that oh it's because of lana that clark doesn't want to be with him she knows about the media rocks clark tries to trap her uh in the, a lead room because as he saw earlier the room that they trapped her in was lead but she knows about it so she puts the media rock on him and this is where clark <laughs> does his the the best acting he could do his impression every single week of his gag reflex is the best <laughs> i could describe it as whenever he's around kryptonite it's just oh yeah uh, yeah uh. <laughs> this is this is the Cla- uh, the tom welling acting school is it always i even this is before i even really saw how bad of an actor it was whenever i used to watch what well, used to just piss me off the way he acts around kryptonite it's just like <laughs> you know i mean watch batman vs superman see henry cavill around kryptonite okay that's how you do it like not oh, oh, oh like yeah um but i mean i like again it's a fun plot like we get these characters every single week who are the psychopaths you know these high school students who all are psychotic you know going all the way back to the first episode and here we have one that you've genuinely been made to think is a normal character and they just slowly reveal her as psychotic and she really is nuts in this episode i mean (laughs) she's willing to kill the man you know and we they've alluded to the fact that she's done this before i mean this is the the all the different layers of alicia's character that's so fascinating i mean she is a complete nutcase and when she comes back in season four it's like the exact opposite it's like she's completely reformed again and then they just keep going back and forth i mean alicia is hands down next to lionel luther and she i know she's only in three episodes hands down probably the best character that this show ever had next to only lionel luther in 10 seasons and she had three episodes to do it even better than lois um better character yes better actress no wow wow i mean it's interesting that and i mean look you know sarah carter could play background actress seven and i would still say she's mm-hmm. you know better character as you see it but i mean it's kind of interesting how like you're right she kind of does turn a bit batshit crazy you know willing to kill a dad and do this and do that but what i mean clark kind of just goes on the fact that he's met the parents really quickly heard a bit of a whisper that you know oh she had an ex that she was a bit crazy about and then kind of oh maybe she did hit her dad like it's it's kind of he puts it together very quickly again last episode he should be a police officer like he's on the nose here and he's he's generally right but i mean like all the parents could be doing is they don't like the look of him so oh yeah i wouldn't worry about her you know like yeah so quick to believe but the funny thing is that i like is when she brings him like um you know because what is it chloe shows up i'm surprised her mum didn't mm-hmm. answer oh you must be chloe uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> but like when he leads her to that place and into that room, why like does he just leave a paint tin sitting there with the paintbrush in it still? So she's like lead paint. <laughs> like why yeah. doesn't he hide that and just be like, oh, you've been painting this room. Okay, cool. <laughs> like come on, Clark, you're a you're the town's number one cop. <laughs> we found out last week. Um, but I mean. With Alicia here, I mean, this is probably the most psychotic character we've had of any, at least the teenage ones that we've had up until this point. You know, we have other ones that's like, oh, they kidnapped this person, but it gets pretty violent here. I mean, she basically tried to kill her own father. You know, she's willing to poison Clark, and she holds a knife to Lana's throat. I mean, this is like a fatal attraction here, and it's a 16-year-old girl. Um, she is a completely mad character, and ultimately, how do you beat somebody like this this is one complaint i have in the episode could they have found a more clever way to do it other than dumping a can of paint <laughs> over her head there had to like we just talked about suspect last week where it came down to the sheriff and they found this really clever way where it's like lionel was blackmailing him and you know it was all about getting control of this company and here they can't find a more clever thing to do i'm just gonna dump some paint on her like one complaint in an otherwise near perfect episode and I will say, maybe this is the Tom Welling bad acting of the week or whatever we're going to call that. The scene when they're, like, together and um, she's like, we've got to run away together. It's the only way. And he's like, you're right. Like, that is so, like, soap opera Like, that's Days of Our yes, Lives. He should Alicia. be turning his back to the camera and just be like, yes, Alicia, you're right. It's the only way. We're so in love. We he must pours himself now. a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I know it should be true. Our love is pure. Only I know it. I can't. I can't bring myself to do it, though. <laughs> what about Lana? She's still in the picture. Oh, don't worry about her. For you and I, <laughs> love is eternal. We'll be off soon. <laughs> Nothing can stand in our way. Um, I actually used to watch Days of Our Lives when I was really younger. Just a, the weird side note. Um, that's why I have such shit taste in TV. <laughs> You're not helping the case here with your TV viewing. This is why nobody third watch with you because you're going to be dropping soap opera quotes in it. Um, was it Hope and uh, Billy and God? I don't remember their names. Uh, <laughs> anyway, what? Hope's probably still in Days of Our Lives. I swear she's like ageless. Um, what are we talking about here? <laughs> watch again. <laughs> Oh, the, the, the scene, the one that I wrote down here, which I thought was funny. Again, it sounds weird me saying it's funny because somebody got hurt. The bit where she shoves Lana and Lana hits her head. Like, that's up there with the Pete scene from last week. Like, it's just the overacting, the way she hits her head and is like, oh. You know, it's kind of like when you play fighting with somebody and you pretend to be knocked out. Like, that was terrible. Yeah. Kristen Crook, Croak, Crack, Crack. <laughs> What's the last? How do you say it? um i want to talk a bit here about whether alicia has a point (laughs) was alicia justified in her murderous ways is is it just that sarah carter is such uh such a good actress that when she's giving this pitch to lana it's like i don't know why clark likes you better i'm smarter than you i'm prettier than you she seems so convinced of that that you're sitting there and you're like yeah, you know what? I don't care that you're a murderer. Like, Clark belongs with you, Alicia. And Clark backs that up in the scene where where him and Martha are talking about it later, and he's explaining, I, you know, I don't have to hide myself with Alicia and stuff like that. And you're thinking, like, why did you dump paint on the poor girl? Like, go off and let her murder and just cover for the yep. crimes and just live in peace, Clark. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm, I'm literally this whole episode going, again, why are you making this a big deal, Clark? Like, she is hot. <laughs> she's into you. Like... You got both got powers. To me, there's no problem here. Like, yes, her dad, sure, cool, whatever. That's a bit of an issue. But if you run away together like you plan, that's a good life. You don't have to put up with Lana's property booming ways. She's probably going to take over Smallville soon, own everything, and turn into an evil empire. But like, this is like, you her, know. like her father, Henry Small, that just was written out abruptly. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, Lana Corp will take on like Lex Corp and Luther yeah. Corp. But yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I, if I'm ever in a situation where Sarah Carter, and let's be honest, this is about as likely as me actually being Superman, um, is obsessed with me, I am not going to complain. She could commit genocide of a small country and I'm still <laughs> down with her. 
Twitter. Like, seriously. I know you're Superman, future, you're this humble, all-American guy, truth, justice, the American way. Good on you. But seriously, you're a teenager. You're allowed to get laid every now and then, Clark. Just go for it, son. Just just tell me this as we kind of wrap up obsession here. Uh, <laughs> do you remember anything about the two episodes she comes back for in Not at all. Four? Absolutely oh, nothing. Oh, you are going <laughs> to love it. Oh, I can't wait. We may skip our random episodes. I mean, granted, if we get Sarah Carter on the show, we will rewatch all of our episodes oh, as well look. as the entire series of Rogue and uh, Falling Skies. But Whatever that one was I said about her and some show that <laughs> I've forgotten it already. Can I just really quickly on a side note, sorry to interrupt because there's one thing I wanted to bring up. With the lead paint, all that sort of great you know, way that it ended, as you said, why, when Clark's, like, you know, on the ground, I'm such in pain, how does the, <laughs> if lead paint or lead can, like, stop the stop kryptonite from hurting him, is that just not something they just don't go over, like, in the future? Like, can we just not, you know, lead, like, kryptonite's his weakness, but lead's the weakness of kryptonite. Like, surely there's something in that that yeah. they should be doing. Like, shouldn't he wear, like, a lead suit? There you go. <laughs> Superman can wear a he lead I mean- suit. He's strong enough to support. I mean, I know that I always thought that lead was just something he couldn't see through. Um, but if you really go back and even if you're you're watching the original Superman movie, Lex Luthor has the kryptonite inside of a lead case. And I always perceive that as the, the, the purpose was, well, it's so Superman doesn't see what it is. And that is true. But at the same time, he didn't feel the kryptonite until he opened it either. So I mm. guess lead does protect him from it. So why isn't he worried? I, I've never thought of that before. You just blew my mind. I just, I just, I just pissed off build. Superman fans around the world and <laughs> created like, and this is, this is the thing. Whenever you have those debates about like, oh, who's better Superman or Batman? And you know, as a Superman yeah. fan, I can be like, look, he's invincible. And like, oh, but he's got such an obvious weakness. It's like, well, look, if you can put lead in paint, a liquid, surely he can like line his super suit with lead. Case solved. He's got no weaknesses. He really is invincible. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. I um, just there you go. You're welcome, world. Well, thanks. Yeah, I think you just wrecked small before. I can never watch this episode again. <laughs> That's why you need to go watch Lois and Clark. Yeah. All that lovey dovey schmoochy stuff. <laughs> the lovey dovey crap in that. Don't talk about cute Dean Kane. There's a name no one's mentioned uh, in 20 years, Dean Kane. <laughs> he appeared on Smallville in season, which one was it? Season 7, but I think? But even then, uh, nobody knew who he was. He wasn't credited as Dean <laughs> Kane. He was created with the over-attractive looking man. <laughs> At least Terry Hatcher went on to do stuff afterwards. I, mean, I think Dean Kane was in uh, Rat Race. That's the last thing I saw him in outside of Smallville and Lois and Clark. Yeah. Oh, uh, hello, Dean, if you're listening. <laughs> Sorry, Dean Kane. We apologize on behalf of Ben Wallworth. <laughs> but that's wrapping up this episode. Do um, you have anything else you want to add on Alicia Appreciation Night here on Oz Network? I just, sorry, I've just gone to Twitter and there's at Real Dean Kane. Uh, <laughs> he has 233,000 followers. Do they know who they're following? <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyway, um, he hasn't aged a bit, actually. He's looking well. Um, right, uh, this episode, I mean, it was, you know, it was just, it was an enjoyable episode. I think it was, again, kind of going to what I said last week in terms of just, it's one of these ones you can just sort of zone in and out of. It's, there are the subplots, as you mentioned, um, you know, with Adam and things like that, but, yeah, you know, it's enjoyable. I mean, when you've got someone like Sarah Carter to look at the entire episode, I'm not complaining. Um, and it's, yeah, we joke about Clark and all that, but you're right. Like, just cute Clark, cute Tom Welling, um, as bad of an actor as he is, he does that so well. So, uh, again, you just you just overlook everything that is Tom Welling because he's, he's so damn cute. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's enjoyable. And I'm kind of sad that I don't remember the other two Alicia episodes. Oh, wait till we get there. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm watching him right now. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, and I guarantee people I am not going to say this every single week, but 
one of the best episodes ever of Smallville, in my opinion. Colin, last uh, week, he said about how are you going to choose, like, your favourites, some really shit ones and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Colin doesn't tell me, like, he says, like, oh, watch these episodes. It's not like he goes into it and goes, oh, Ben, you've got to watch, you know, Obsession. This is one of the worst episodes, or this is one of my favourite ones. I've kind of got to guess what <laughs> opinion he's going to have of them. And, you know, so far we've done two, and both, oh, they're so good, they're brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just completely by coincidence, but um, we promise that there will be some variety as we go along on this. But this one, one of my favorite episodes, it's uh, another one of the ones that I'll go back to and watch probably every single year, you know, even if I'm skipping most of season three, which I usually do. And maybe it is just, I mean, Sarah Carter's fantastic, you know, even just her, perf- we can talk about performance too here. I mean, her performance is fantastic here. She makes such a fun character. Uh, she makes such an evil character. She makes such a likable character. And this is Tom Welling doing what Tom Welling does best, which is be the dorky farm boy. And I love that. And there's so much of that in this episode that you could have five minute long lovey dovey scenes. <laughs> and I'm into it. And, you know, aside from the dumb paint can at the end and, you know, Pete's bad one liners, uh, I mean, there's nothing to not like about this episode. Jonathan Kent walks in on his son in bed with Sarah Carter. Hey, son, did you fall out of bed again? I mean, this is such a great Smallville moment. It's everything you want in Smallville. And if that was Jonathan Kent, as in Nip Tuck, he would have joined in. But uh, that's <laughs> that's a different Jonathan uh, I'm, Kent. I'm going to put this one out there as uh, on the shelf for me instantly. On the shelf and on repeat. I'm going to create a new category here. This is on overnight repeat for me. This is what I put on before I go to bed and hope to wake up to in the middle of the night. Well, this is going to be on the shelf because, uh, you know, when uh, Sarah and I get married, we're going to be enjoying this on a honeymoon so we can recreate the bedroom scene. So, uh, yeah, on the shelf. I'm actually but going with that. honeymoon until we get to the future episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't I tell you I was actually in Smallville? Um, but <laughs> yes, I on the shelf. I don't know if I'd put it on repeat. Um, but uh, just maybe to watch Lana hit her head a few times. That was funny. Um, was Lex in this episode? He was, wasn't he? Because he got the, the bit of advice. Yeah, he didn't gave he? Clark the advice. That's yeah. right. You like, know, he's going to go to his older friend who's had sex before. So Yeah, he's like, Clark, a girl left sexy pictures of herself yes. all over your locker. She's really into you. And you have a problem with this. Lex Luthor <laughs> is speaking for every man out there in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, bro, seriously, like, just do her. All right, yeah. that's all he had to say. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we wrapped up our reviews on this one. Uh, love obsession. Love Sarah Carter. Please come on the show. We'll have to talk to you soon. We're going to continue our random episodes next week. And again, uh, we have a few that were prepared here. But if you want to continue to hear us talk about Smallville. Uh, just send us an episode that you want us to review, and we don't care what it is. If you send us one, we have the the time to do it. If we get like a thousand requests, well, you know, we'll just have to do it as a uh, the popularity contest. Let's but be honest: if we if get a thousand have... requests, we're, we're going to be still be happy about that. <laughs> we will officially rename this Smallville Oz if we get a thousand requests for anything related to Smallville. Is there even a thousand but send episodes? Us an no. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to talk about Alicia for the first 900 episodes, and then we'll cover the rest of the series. Our new podcast, A Thousand yeah. Days of Alicia. <laughs> uh, send us any requests you have. Um, and next week, we have another one lined up, and we're skipping my favorite season, season four. So this truly is random, and we're going to do episode five of season five so the kids are in college now it's getting a little bit nastier a little bit dirtier all the stuff the Ben likes is alicia in it and we're doing no no sadly not but i'm sure you'll still enjoy this one episode five of season five titled thirst this Ooh. is lana and the sorority um <laughs> Uh, there may or may not be some supernatural beings there with her. But plus, just a couple things to tease in this episode. I mean, this is during the era where we have uh, Milton Fine, a.k.a. Brainiac. Uh, James Marster is a famous actor from a show you mentioned that I've never seen, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Spike. And another, another famous, famous, like what maybe the one of those famous people ever appear on Smallville, Carrie Fisher is in episode five of season five thirst and we're going to talk about that one next week and just to tease a little bit this was an episode that was so talked about 
that the producers decided to dedicate one of their commentaries to it, despite the fact that it's just kind of, you know, your average, uh, let's check out episode and it's not really involved in the major stories. They felt compelled, and we'll just leave it at that. If you've never seen the episode, please, I beg you, watch this one. We have to talk about it next week. Yeah, this is definitely one I don't remember, and I will say at the time of the recording, I haven't watched it yet. So uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, and yeah, I've, I forgot that Carrie Fisher was in it. I, I, like, I knew she was, but I forgot, you know, and cause like, there's fairly biggish people being in Smallville over the years that I don't think people remember. But yeah, James Masters, Spike. Um, I, when I watched Buffy with my friend, um, you know, I'd never seen it before and she was obsessed with Spike. Um, and I mean, he's a great character in that show, but yeah, I've seen James Masters in other things. I like James Masters as an actor. He seems like a nice guy too. So I'm looking forward to watching it. It's going to be fun. Um, just like this episode and just also quickly on a side note, breaking news, uh, in the, the space of us recording what we've been talking about in the last five minutes at real Dean Kane has tweeted and, um, he's actually tweeted, <laughs> Daddy's home, hashtag Superman, hashtag Wizard World Cleveland. And he's in some place, he's put a video of himself in front of an exhibition of Superman. So um, he's listening to us live, apparently. Hey, hey, Dean, how are you going? Um, don't know how you're listening to us, but, um, you know, good for you. That's Dean Kane, my hero. And just to put it out there, the most recent post that sarah carter has on her facebook page says it's dark because you are trying too hard lightly child lightly just lightly let things happen and lightly cope with them and it goes on and on already better lyrics than anything we've heard in finger 11 (laughs) that was that was her little love note she sent me last night bitch i didn't tell her to post that publicly (laughs) and if you're listening sarah you're not a bitch you're 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 my bitch but um that's (laughs) shut up ben (laughs) thanks you just cost us an interview uh, <laughs> I meant in a nice way. Like, no, like, no, there's no such nice yeah. way. I apologize. It was wrong. You know, I'm sorry. We love you. I literally do. Just come on the show. So, like us on Facebook. Please don't message us your hate. <laughs> Please like us. Please like us, listeners. Please encourage Sarah to come on the show. Um, <laughs> and subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, my name is Ben Colin, and that girl is on fire. And my name is Ben. And uh, podcasts, the Oz Network, too much supply, not enough demand. Later, stud. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.